0: Okay, now we're back. In our previous episode, we talked about our favorite movies of 2023. Well, now we're going to take a different tack and talk about our worst experiences with theater and streaming and whatnot in 2023. Now, I know you, Jordan, have a bottom five. I do. um, And I have a bottom like 20. But that's, that's more <laughs> so, of, a, of a, how should I say, uh, evidence of how I felt throughout the uh-huh. year. So, Jordan, give us your bottom five.
1: Okay, so maybe some of these will be on your list. But I actually have kind of six because I couldn't split a tie at the bottom. I mean, well, the fifth worst movie. So, this is not the worst. The fifth worst m- movie is a tie for me between Knock at the Cabin and I believe you like that movie. Nope. Uh I'm I thought you did. Nope. M. like Shyamalan, uh just striking out again in my opinion, I did not like Old and this was his follow up to Old and this is after he made a resurgence and he just keeps like it's almost like uh Charlie Brown where Lucy keeps taking the football away like I I feel like he's going to deliver every time and he just strikes out a lot. And the story was, was dumb, uh, bad acting by the little girl in that movie. Just, I I couldn't take it. Bautista made it watchable at least like he's, he's probably the best part about that film, but just, I don't know. I did not get it. I did not like it. That film is tied with me with asteroid city. uh, Oh, Wes Anderson film. I just, I, I didn't finish it. Okay. So maybe I shouldn't, actually put that on here but I just had to turn it off very large cast a story that did not hold my interest I'm just kind of tired of Wes Anderson I feel like the every every one of his films is the same thing the same kind of delivery the same kind of looking at the camera the way he goes back and forth forth with the camera and I'm I'm just over it I, <laughs> this is <this laughs> just me just kind of getting tired of Wes Anderson so uh you may have liked that Uh, number four is the flash. Mm. Uh, One of the worst comic book movies I've ever seen. Uh, the CGI throughout was so bad. The movie starts with babies falling off a building and the flash is trying to save them and little weird things happened during this process. And it's just, you know, I, I was not enjoying it. At least Michael Keaton was there. He kind of saved it towards the end. He made it a little bit more watchable when he came on screen Ezra Miller, just kind of annoying throughout. I did not like The Flash. Number three, in terms of uh, my third least favorite movie, uh, is The Exorcist Believer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I watched this the other week on streaming. Uh, I kept looking at my watch during this movie because it took about an hour for the girls to be possessed. And when you're dealing with a possession movie, like, let's get to something. Like, an hour of nothing happening... And then when it did happen, I didn't really care about the characters anyways. So I was never really scared. You know, you get Linda Blair showing up at the end, uh, kind of a throwaway moment. I thought I just did not like it. Uh, I didn't think it needed to exist really. And I'm really disappointed in Leslie Odom Jr. Who I was a huge fan of after seeing him in Hamilton. But I mean, I don't think his career choices have been that great since then. So I expect more out of him. Number two, second worst movie, Super Mario Brothers. Again, just, not much of a plot, no characterization, like hardly any laughs, laughs. It's just like, for me, it was like watching one of my kids play Mario for 90 minutes, pretty much. I mean, there's not much of a story. It's not like the Lego movie where we have some actual humor and characterization throughout. And uh, one quote that I saw on this movie that I really like, it says this movie exists and that's about as high as it aspires. To. <laughs> so I would kind of agree with that. Number one, the worst movie I saw in 2023 was cocaine bear. I wanted to like this movie. I wanted to go into it saying, say, Oh, this is an interesting premise. You know, we all heard the story of the bear that did cocaine. Wow. This is going to be funny. And it just was not, there was just, you know, so many un- un- unnecessary characters that were added throughout that all I really wanted to see was a bear doing cocaine. That's about it. And I, we got all this other stuff in there. All the, the parts that were supposed to be funny. I barely laughed. The visual effects were horrible. Uh, And it's really hard to believe the writers of this movie. Well, actually they were the producers of this movie Were the same two people that wrote Spider-Man Lord of Miller were involved with this. And I just can't believe that those two movies were you have the same people making them um, for parts of it. So Mm -hmm. I just thoroughly disliked that movie. And thankfully I I got to see it on Peacock for free. So I didn't really pay for it.
0: So my worst movies, in 2023 can be split in basically two categories. One, crappy sequels, or two, movies that we are told are supposed to be good because they're going to be nominated or should be nominated for an Academy Award, but end up being pieces of trash. So the easier one to go over would be the first one, the sequels. A lot of disappointments here. Now, John Wick Four was not one of the worst movies I saw, but it was extremely disappointing for me.
1: Dang, that, I really wanted to see that, and I I just haven't. I guess I can skip it.
0: Uh yeah. Um Fast X, uh The Marvels, um I I yep. wanted to like, and I for the life of me like one of the running gags is like, do you remember the name of the villain? No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, no, the, that was a bad movie. The, the, the Exorcist uh, Believer. And, and here's the thing. I watched all of The Exorcists before watching this one. And re-watching the first Exorcist was... It used to be the scariest movie I'd ever seen. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it no longer scares me, but mm-hmm. it is a fantastic movie. It is mm-hmm. so layered there is so much going on there it's not just about a young girl being possessed by a demon it is about this priest dealing with guilt about uh, you know his calling and his mother and also the time period we have this single mother who is you know she's an actress one of the <laughs> worst philistine jobs uh, ever and and Reagan is an innocent girl who is all of a sudden punished by being possessed and just you know, you're you're getting so wrapped up and, and you're caring about what's happening here. Exorcist two was awful <laughs> despite having like James Earl Jones in it, which is weird. <laughs> Exorcist three was really good. Like that was, it had a nice twist, and that is definitely worth watching. You don't need to see Exorcist 2, but I recommend watching Exorcist 3. Mm -hmm. Exorcist 4 and 5 are a bit of an interesting story in that they, it it was sort of like uh, uh, Zack Snyder doing Justice League, um, except that, uh, you know, there are two versions of Justice League. But in this case, it's not that like a tragedy befell the director and had to be replaced by another. It's that the studio didn't like what the original director was doing and stepped in and said, nope, do something else. And so they scrapped almost everything and churned out something that was bad. And when it failed at the box office, there was like, "Mm, let's maybe go see, you know, it was sort of like release the Snyder Cut before that was even a thing. And so they did. And they released, like, direct video on um, the original version. And it was a lot better. Not that good, to be honest, but it, it, it was there. So then we come to Exorcist Believer, right? And it was done by uh, the same guys who did uh, the latest Halloween trilogy Danny McBride? Yeah, Danny McBride. He's one of the producers and writers of this uh the exorcist and the old uh, and the latest halloween trilogy they the pacing was completely off it, didn't it feel to you like it was missing a third act yeah for sure so it's and and it didn't get to why the first exorcist was so good because it wasn't about uh the, the shock wasn't that, you know, she's possessed or this young girl's being possessed. The shock is the the tragedy of witnessing this suffering that a demon would be willing to do this to somebody so innocent just to mess with a priest's feelings because it could. And this wasn't anything like that. This had nothing in it. It was just, ah, let's continue the story. Yeah. So there's there's that. Those Those are the movies that are like, okay, you know, bad sequels. The Flash, I actually kind of enjoyed, but it's not, you know, no one's going to miss it. Um, you know, Blue Beetle, Aquaman. Then there's what about a, Black Adam. Um, did that come out this year? Oh, well, maybe that was last year. Never mind. Um, I think that was last year. Yeah, and that also goes to show you that you know, they they kind of blend together. Where you like, yeah. when the hell did this come out? Before we get to the ones that we're supposed to like, there's one that kind of is in between, and that's a remake. And it is the live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. Mm, I didn't see it. The original, quote-unquote, original Little Mermaid, I'm not talking about the book. I'm talking about the Disney 1989 animated movie, is a masterpiece. It is very thematically layered, very deep, very... Like, I could do a whole episode on The Little Mermaid and how animation conveys characterization and theme and just the writing and everything. Just, it was brilliant. And then they come up with this, and it was so empty that literally one of the best songs, Under the Sea, talks about... All of the creatures that are living under the sea and they're, you know, they're playing music, you know, the new play, the flute, the cap play, the harp, et etc. Et and there's nothing going on except her bouncing on jellyfish. So it's like, <laughs> why is Sebastian singing about animals that we're not seeing, doing stuff that we're not seeing? It was so bankrupt, I guess is the word.
1: That it. So did, hmm? did, did you see uh Aladdin Will Smith Aladdin? Yes, I did. Was that any better? Because I've missed some of these like redos from Disney animated movies. I saw The Lion King, but then I, you know, I skipped the last two.
0: Uh, Aladdin tried. And one of the the things that they did was they gave Jasmine a bit more characterization, which is, you know, understandable in today's day and age. They gave her a very good song. The problem is, is the song was, it didn't belong in that movie. It was like this pop song that you would find on like a Broadway pop, uh, musical. Uh, and it could very well have been a single, but that, is not in the same movie as you know one jump ahead of the breadline once sw- that that doesn't work mm-hmm. um so it it tried to shoehorn some sort of empowering characterization in a movie that was about Aladdin
1: mm-hmm. when you get down to it though these uh, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, even Lion King—they're just cash grabs. That's all they are. Yes, absolutely.
0: So to... And that's so... that's kind of insulting. Is is when when they have they have the money to do all of this, but they didn't spend the time to. Mm-hmm. Uh, now speaking of uh, another one like that, so Netflix has a crap ton of money, and they came out with Ghosted. Oh, I saw Ghosted, and that was terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it just that that made me angry. Okay, so the now to the part where movies that we're supposed to enjoy because they're art driven or great directors or recognizable names, or whatever. At uh, the top here, I have the color purple. Um, mm-hmm. then there's a uh, oh, rebel moon can go with ghosted
1: in that category. Saltburn. Yeah, and I know you have a particular distaste for that. I, I actually kind of like part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder which part. <laughs> Not that part. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I, it was. I, 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 you've told me all the things you don't like about it, but I again, I was entertained. I thought the acting, for the most part, was pretty good. So I lots of questionable stuff in there. A lot of
0: and shock for it- shock's sake is not that big a deal to me okay it's it's uh, um it's that nobody acted like a real human being <laughs> and that's kind of what you'd expect for something like this you'd want there to be some sort of tether to reality and when barry keoghan just breaks down crying on a wet grave and then pulls out his dick and starts f***ing the grave. That's when, like, okay. Uh, I mean, it's not like, you know, oh, is that what really did it for you? It wasn't drinking the d*** out of the drain. It wasn't, you know, going d- period lady and wiping her d- on her face. Um, <laughs> this is going to get a, 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 a different rating. But th- this is how insulting... I fe- how insulted I felt. It's like we're watching this, and is this supposed to be artistic? Is this supposed to be? All it is is just, you know, I I can't even describe like what what I'm supposed to be getting out of this, other than look at what we can do, and look at how brave these performances are. <laughs> and and showgirls did very much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's salt burn for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers is there, Transformers Rise of the Beasts is there. Well, oh, that wasn't good. Yeah, uh no, no it wasn't. Okay. Uh Knock at the Cabin, that's uh you know, I'm with you right there. Charlie Brown, you know, Lucy, the ball. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I was like with you with, you know, it's, but
1: It's just he can do so much better. I think it's being lazy at times. Um that is a great yeah, word. What's frustrating though is that we know he can do great things, and he did that early on in his career. We've had a whole of episodes on him before, but the it's it's when you have the visit and even split, yeah, like those are good. Like he's, he that just proves you know he can he still has it. He just doesn't. I don't know if he's trying to rush out his movies. That might be what it is. Like get one out every two years because that movie just did not feel fully formed at all.
0: I, I think he was like caught up on a like a, a not a gimmick but an idea and that idea basically became a gimmick and it didn't do anything other than that mm-hmm. so now but lazy is an excellent word to use because lazy the worst movie of 2023 which I didn't see in 2023 I saw just uh, last week in preparation for the Oscars Napoleon.
1: Oh really? Yeah. The way yeah, I see it, go on. I, I just need to remember what I rated that. I don't think I rated it that bad. Napoleon. I'm looking at my list. Uh,
0: three and a half stars, I believe. Wow. And and you see, I gave it one. Mm-hmm. And the reason, and it may have something to do with you know my background in history, and which is why I loved mm. Oppenheimer so much, but. When it comes to Napoleon, Napoleon is one of the most important people in the history of the world. So when you're going to do a story about Napoleon and his military conquests, not only do you have to show that Napoleon was a brilliant strategist and tactician, uh, you also have to show that he did it at such a young age. There's also Mm -hmm. the love story between him and Josephine. There's, you know, but it's like this is the way I see it. It's like they looked at Napoleon's Wikipedia entry, found the important stuff that needed to be on there, and then wrote a script about that. And in the movie, there was no sense of overarching theme. No characterization. The acting was bad. The pacing was terrible. Things didn't lead to one another uh, organically as history is supposed to do. You know, there's a reason why Napoleon became the emperor. There's a reason why he was deposed and then came back again. And we don't see why, like, the people wanted him back or accepted him back. And we don't see very much of why Europe, the rest of Europe, considered him a threat. He was just there. And with performing, you know, really good performers like Joaquin Phoenix and Vanessa Kirby, like just basically phoning it in, especially with Joaquin Phoenix, the fault goes to Ridley Scott.
1: Yeah, and and I I obviously did not. I I enjoyed that movie for, you know, the the battle scenes, a spectacle. I thought... Because, I mean, I'm not a history buff like yourself, so maybe I didn't know all the backstory and the, what should have happened. But my biggest problem with what I saw with Joaquin Phoenix in that movie is, like, I guess they made a conscious decision not to have a French accent. He he had no accent at all throughout the whole thing, and I just thought it would have been more effective if he tried something. Um, I, but- I, this is another thing. Like I don't really
0: have much of a problem with that, but I think that's more of a standard with um... – Actually, no, wait. I do have a little bit of a problem with that. The standard uh, accent that people use when they're dealing with Europeans is everybody's British. If right. They're, if they're from Germany, they have a German accent. If they're from Russia, they have a Russian accent and so on. But they never hear anybody speaking with a French accent if they're the protagonists. So when you have people speaking with British accents... Who are supposed to be French fighting against their enemies, the Brits, who are also speaking with British accents? And you're like, who's the enemy and who who's the you know protagonist? Mm-hmm. So that I think is a ridiculous standard.
1: But I I think that what you touched on before about who to blame on this for for your for your from your perspective being this is your least favorite movie, uh, and you named uh, Ridley Scott. I think this is, you know, what I was saying about Knight trying to get a movie out every couple of years. Ridley Scott, being almost ninety or however old he is, he's in his eighties, I believe. He's very pr- prolific; like he gets out a lot. I mean, he did the um, House of Gucci, I believe, which was terrible. Uh, that Last was... Tool, mm-hmm. which I like, that was good. Um, but yeah, he's just trying. And Gladiator Two is coming out. I think this this year. Like be coming out this fall, and
0: I wasn't a fan uh, of the original Gladiator.
1: Oh, right, that—that's a whole other podcast. That—that <laughs> um, that take is ridiculous in my mind. But um, so he's—I think he's trying to get as many movies out as he can before he dies. And I mean, that's kind of morbid to say, but maybe quality is sacrificed at times when that happens.
0: Absolutely, and in my opinion, like there's, there's no excuse for for something like that to happen when you you have all of this stuff all of the resources of a major studio behind you and you don't care to put something in that is watchable then you're you're doing a disservice to the audience you're just doing it for yourself
1: yeah uh, i would argue that i thought it was watchable <laughs> but <laughs> okay you know to each their own to
0: each their own and with that we're going to be drawing this part of the 11th annual academy awards to a close when we come back for the next episode it's what you've all been waiting for our picks and snubs for the 96th annual academy awards for 2023